episode of the Nerdotaku Gaming Podcast. This week we have a special guest, and it isn't Robin again. <laughs> Although, hi, Robin. <laughs> I'm not special, am I? Hushing, hushing. Not until after you finish Elden. I know you're going to like abandon me after, like during this Elden Ring period. So, whatever, man. Whatever. So. You haven't lied. Yeah. So, um, I guess you can introduce yourself. Um, okay, my name is Pia Khan and I'm a South African game designer and writer and a part-time shitty filmmaker. Did I say that I was from Joburg, Johannesburg? Already? I don't know if I said it. If I said it already, it's the only interesting thing about me, so I keep repeating it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome to finally have uh, a guest on who um uh is a dev from my region in my time zone hey. <laughs> yeah um so yeah so uh, if you could just tell us like how you like why game dev right like why especially for someone in our region why game development uh, <clears throat> so um when i was in high school um I didn't think I was gonna go to university and like study anything. Um, I always just liked writing, so I figured I'd do something like I don't know, be a poet or like be in a rock band, writing, you know, the the my chemical romance, but from South Africa and make it brown. But um, yeah, uh, none of that happened, and I was like freaking out, kind of. And my mother, um, <clears throat> she put a lot of like. I don't want to say pressure because that sounds bad, but she's very um, like conscious about my sisters and I getting an education because she had to drop out of high school um, when she was a teenager and kind of was like a child-headed household essentially. Um, and it was a birthday and everything was on fire, you know. So yeah, um, I thought I had to go to varsity because I felt like I needed to like make my mother proud, but at the same time, I wasn't going to go and do accounting, which is what she wished I did. <laughs> um, and I get it, you know. I think for like parents of color, especially in my area, like they really want their kids to study something safe, so like law or accounting or becoming a doctor. Like nobody becomes a game developer, yeah. Um, and. I didn't even know I had that option, to be honest. And I think a lot of people of color don't know that we can be this, you know, especially like I come from like a lower income area. Um, it was formed as a result of apartheid spatial planning. And there's only people of color here. And a lot of us don't go to university. Um, a lot of us do, it is changing. But I just felt like I wasn't sure what was available to me. Um, and then one of my friends, Lucky, he's black, we're in high school together. He told me that he's doing game design and it's the first time I like felt like a person of color, you know, like doing something like this. And I was like, this is incredible. Are you like, wow, because um, he's a few years older than me. And just seeing someone like from my area, you know, like a person of color that I've kind of like grown up with doing this um i felt like very inspired and he told me more about it and then i went for like a an open day at my university 
and saw that they had like game design there and tried to find out a bit more about it. And I think I had a very different, like, I think I just had a very different like perception, I think, um, of what the degree would entail versus what it actually was. Um, and coming where I come from, um, I never ever really like considered that I would be uncomfortable in like an educational setting because of my race, because my high school, we're only people of color, you know, coming from South Africa. Sorry if you can hear my nephew screaming in the background. Um, something is wrong with him. <laughs> He's one. So that's, that's the thing. Um, but uh, yeah, there's, <clears throat> I've only grown up with people of color. I had like no white friends for like the first two decades of my life, essentially. Um, and then going into a degree that was so predominantly white, all your lecturers are white. There's so many, and they're not just white, they're white men, you know, and there's a, uh, God, I don't even need to, another <laughs> thing and what that means. <laughs> and I came from like, um, like a public school where I was paying, I don't know how to put this into anyone else's starting fee, but like my school fees was like a thousand rand maximum and we actually found it expensive for like the year. And these kids were paying a hundred and twenty thousand rand a year at their school. And we both ended up in the same degree and it was just like I don't know. It just felt like even though we were in the same place the way that they carried themselves and the beliefs that they had about themselves and the beliefs that they had about someone like me, it made me extremely unhappy. And even now when people like ask me, um, like from Indonesia, which is where I come from, like if they should um, go into studying game design, I don't know what to tell them. Because you, you know, you don't want to send other people into like, uh, not like a war zone, but you know, yeah, so that's how I got into it. I thought, it, I don't know, was uh, game design seemed really interesting, um, like the most interesting from anything I could have studied after university. Um, it kind of satiated my mother a bit because she was like, oh, baby, I is going to university. Oh, but she's becoming a video game developer. <laughs> <laughs> Did she, um, I mean, I, there are two things that I guess I've gotten from that. One, um, is that you didn't mention any like prior interest in other games at all like and you chose that uh, yeah and that's extremely fascinating to me because it's like um, I mean you're obviously a creative uh, why not other why didn't you uh, do film or be a writer like why game design like most people when they talk about game design they say they'll always cite oh there's this game which inspired me but like <laughs> nope <laughs> not, not not this time no um i can't say any game the game of life that we are all losing daily <laughs> um so you mentioned something that um like why didn't i go into another creative um field right and for me i don't i think that people have a very like specific idea of the kind of person you need to be in order to make games and like i'm not that person which i thought was like to my detriment but actually it's like cool as hell you know that i'm not um because the game that i made that kind of put me on the or oh, the map i guess um 
it's the entire game is filmed footage because I really love other mediums. I think like the coolest medium in the world is books, firstly, um, and writing. And I feel like as a game designer um, and as a writer as well, like I'm, I am telling visual stories. I'm doing my masters at the moment in film, actually. So it's funny when you're like, oh, I need to go into film because, uh, spoiler, I am there. <laughs> Actually, I'm not because I can't pay my fees as yet, but you know, fingers crossed that money appears and then um, I can pay my registration fees. Damn you, University of the Vatpakistan. But um, yeah, hashtag fees must fall. Um, I think that like games isn't just like a one kind of thing in it. You know, you get people from so many different backgrounds, like architecture and people who didn't study games, game design as well, um, who end up making games. And I think that's what's so lovely about it is how open it is and how you don't need to be like, I don't know, I guess a nerd, um, because I wouldn't like, <laughs> like, I wouldn't say I'm a nerd. I would say like, I'm not really interested in a lot of things that maybe make up nerd culture and I thought you had to be one like in order to be uh, a game developer but since being in the space it's just shown me how like different people can be you know and and make games and like I'm friends with game developers or are you know they love they love like playing games and they like comics and all of these things that might be considered like typically nerdy um and we have the, and like i'm not like that at all but we both have such like a i think like a strong passion for this medium and i think that's really beautiful and cool 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 i i think that's really interesting i've always wondered like or i should say i'm always fascinated by what quote unquote non-gamers or what people who didn't grow up with games or are not really adjacent to the culture like what they think of games or how they interpret them or i guess in your case in the beginning how you uh, would make a game and like the game you made was obviously very unique because of that perspective like you brought a different perspective to it and i think it's a perspective that is sorely needed from from as a gamer from a consumer standpoint i think it's very <laughs> interesting when something new uh pops up because it's like oh that's yeah. You know, that's that's a, a fresh idea. Um, I'd like to ask, like, um, with the first game you, I guess, got published, uh, what was your, I guess, writing process with that? Where did that come from? How did you, you know, like, you've got a blank piece of yeah. paper. How do you, where do you begin from and, and how do you continue? So I think maybe if it's okay, I'll answer, like, your first set of questions about, um, like, how did I find the space as like a non-gamer, you know, and how did I kind of like manage, I don't know, how am I going through the space? And I think that like a lot of the time nerds, um, nerds, I'm putting it in inverted commas for the, for the listeners at home, um, but like they think they are very like marginalized group. You know, they think that like it, uh, everyone, I don't know, whatever. Um, Oppressed gamers. My... <laughs> yes. Yes, that's that's the exact phrase I'm looking for. Um, and like, firstly, no, you aren't. But like, they can, I think they don't think that they can be exclusionary. 
you know, they think that they're the ones that are just like experiencing exclusion or whatever. And like, I feel like I was heavily excluded. Um, and I still do feel like that in certain spaces um, because uh, I don't know, my interests just seem different to a lot of the like game developers that I have met, um, the ones that I've been to university with and ones that I've met at like conferences and stuff. Um, so I don't really like, aside from like people on Twitter, I'm not really friends with them. Like, game designers in real life <laughs> um but like yeah it's i think it's just because like we were so different that it was difficult for me maybe um to make friends like in my degree um although there were like a lot of the people i met they were perfectly fine lovely people but for the most part i just felt extremely depressed to be honest like i wanted to drop up because i kept thinking like all signs are pointing to the fact that I shouldn't be here. You know, it was just like, I don't know. Um, for the longest time, I was the only girl of like my race, so I'm mixed race. Um, I'm half Indian and I'm half colored. I don't know if you know what that race is in South Africa. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you guys have a word for it? Oh, it's colored. Oh. <laughs> Oh, cool. I need to be making a young trip to Zambia then. Um, <clears throat> uh, look at us sharing things, load shedding, dumb colored. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I just felt extremely lonely. Also, like I would get made fun of, fun of because of my accent. Um, because even like the people of color that were there, they had, like I call it a white accent. Like it's like people of color from like the North in in Choburg. You know, they can really work on my ass. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word. Am I allowed to say that word? No, you can go ahead, you can go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, they would make fun of me for the way that I spoke. Um, also, like even though English is like technically my first language because it's so mixed where I stay. Like there's a lot of black people from different um, African countries that live here, as well as like uh, people from South Africa. And there's like 11 official languages in our country already. Um, and a lot of Indian people as well, people from India, and then like Muslim people who speak Arabic um, and from other parts of Africa where they do speak Arabic. So the way that I talk is very mixed, like, um, with all our like, influence, all of our other people's cultures that I've grown up with and grown around with. So it was hard for me as well to kind of like code switch, maybe that's the term, speaking to these people, even in my kind of like, I had to be very like vigilant, even with like my essays and stuff, because in high school, my teachers, they come from this area, you know, so it's not like they were very like, I don't know, like strict on like policing the way that we spoke and wrote um or whatever and i just felt very unhappy because it felt like i couldn't be myself i felt like i was thought of as like stupid and frivolous because i come to class in like a mini skirt with lipstick you know and i don't play games and i felt like i didn't know anyone else here that was like that um and all the friends that i made with um like the other art degrees there um, and it was just an extremely lonely experience and I actually felt um, at a point 
this one white girl made a comment, right? And, and another guy in my class heard it and told it to me. She said that, um, oh, you know, like, I think Pelia, like, Jess is really, like, she wasn't in game design. She was from, I think she did music or something, but we were in the same pause. And she said, like, oh, yeah, I think Pelia, Jess is nice and she's chatty, but she just shouldn't open her mouth because once you hear her accent. And, like, you know, if I see that girl, I will throw her on the screen. Ruby, you better watch yourself. Um, and, like, people would also make comments, like, Oh, are you gonna stab me? Because I come from like a ghetto, and it's just like like white people would say this. It's like hugely racist, and yeah, even though it's been a while since I was, you know, um, a teenager in my first year, it's not something that goes away. Yeah, at least it hasn't for me as yet. Um, and in terms of, and like also, it's just so like awful to me. That like we are a majority black country and a majority of people of color country, you know, but like with black people being um the majority in this country, and yet if you look at the statistics, it's in the minorities, it's white people as in the majority of game development. And like that blows my mind, uh, except not really because obviously apartheid and generational wealth and them gatekeeping all their knowledge from us, but like it's just like it's so angering and i feel like i kind of am like this old burnt out cynical person now even though i'm like young and just starting out and it should be like fresh and amazing but like i don't know it goes with everything else you can't look at someone and be like oh they're 25 in south africa they're starting out they're doing this it's kind of at the same footing regardless of like race, gender, geographic location. You know, we don't have so many opportunities um, as African people, as opposed to like people from the global North. So yeah, I just had to vent about that because it makes me so angry. No, I, I fully get it. Yeah, I fully, fully get it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the code um, switching thing is very similar because I studied in Australia, so it was, there's very few at the time. I guess now it's maybe it's different. I don't know. Um, and I did. I went to art school, so that's like even extra like white. <laughs> so I, literally, like I was one of like four black people at the university at the campus I was at anyway. The whole campus. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So and then I was like the nerdy black kid, right? But yeah. the weird thing is like. The, the the movie stereotypes like ring true there like oh if you're nerdy then you probably like aren't sporty but then like i'm athletic like i, I love sports so it was very wow. like on top of like code switching i had to like yeah. click switch like when i am yeah. from playing basketball like the basketball dudes never hang out with the guys who are playing magic the gathering and i loved both <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it was very strange to me um and yeah i i, I do yeah. get what you mean like people would be shocked like oh you like rock music it's like yeah we have rock music in zambia like, yes yeah, that's amazing i love rock music we should speak about it let's stop okay <laughs> I, I get what you mean and it, it does stick with you it's like because even here where is it's not it's not exactly like a, a race thing it's more of a, a class thing access yeah. to games and um i guess just wanting or knowledge 
to be into game development is very much for middle and upper middle class and rich people only um, yeah. because they're the ones who had access. I was very, very lucky that my dad was a huge nerd and while we went oh. rich, we were sort of middle class, I guess lower middle class, because yeah. he was a nerd, he, he, the first console I had was his console, his Nintendo. So yeah. I had access to that stuff because of him. And you know, it was like my one thing that I had as a kid was I had consoles. So th that's sort of uh, where I guess I got my lucky break. That's so nice that you and your father like have that shared interest. It's really cool. But then I can notice even now that because um, we do game jams, like we're just from doing the global game jam, hosting that. Um, most of the participants are from middle class or upper middle class, so it's kind of very hard to yeah. like, break that um, barrier, I guess, to okay. get to get everyone into yeah. into the space. It's, it's, I think that like also because for like middle lower income people um, it's like we don't have the financial like security to take a risk. If you spend like one and a half years of your life for instance you know like making a game and it bombs you wasted in inverted commas like all of this time and you made no money and it's not like you can just ask your parents to like have supported you during that time yeah, for a small loan of a million dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like most of the time we work we at university working a part-time job or part-time job and um trying to like make a game and like do everything all at the same time and it's incredibly difficult and tiring I feel like a lot of people burn out before they're allowed to even be in the space. You know, it's just safer for you to like, just stay in an office job because at least you know that you can eat. And I know that like, it sounds depressing me saying that, but it's the reality. Especially like, as a South African, I think we have one of the highest rates of unemployment in the world. Um, and like, I would never, I would feel like extremely irresponsible encouraging a person of color, especially in like a middle lower income um, situation to go into a, a degree where I would fear that would they be able to like, because it's not about talent, you know, it's about the fact that like, this has been what's dealt to you. The fact that you are a black or a brown kid, you know, you're a woman, you're coming from South Africa and like there's all of these things shit man just load shipping you know it's like it really holds you back not all of us can afford a generator and then what so yeah i just feel like if anyone is listening especially especially for people from the global north if you like want representation in this industry it doesn't start from like okay we're opening up this role to people of color it starts like from the time people are like seeking education you know like fund us from them invest in us because otherwise we make it for the most part like out of university or even into like the first few years of our career so in that regards how did you manage like what um just go take me through your experience of how the lucky break happened yeah how did that happen oh, oh lucky break I'm, I'm currently unemployed so one lucky break um sure i i know what you what you're referring to. um 
So after hours, right? You're asking about like the writing process. You're asking me now, how did this happen? Um, it's, uh, I was in my, my final year of my undergrad and we were given like a year to make anything that we wanted. It would be like a physical game, a board game, digital game. And um, I, I was lucky enough that um, I had, I, I, what is the word called? Oh, not one, I got selected because I like applied for a GDC pass through different games, this organization that, um, you know, there's like different organizations that help you get GDC passes and that. And I'd never like heard of GDC really previously. It was actually, that was the first year I found out about it. And then I was so like thankful that I got a pass, but then I didn't have any money to go. I thought they'd cover everything. Um, so I, I made this video, this really embarrassing video that has since been leached off the internet. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, I was just like a kid, you know, saying like, oh, I, like, I, it would be so nice if like, people donated money to like my um, crowdfunding thing. And like, that was the first time I felt actually like a sense of community like a global kind of sense of community because people were so kind to me and I never experienced this sort of kindness before. And it made me really, really happy. And like oftentimes I experience like incredible acts of kindness from people in this community. And I'm not talking of like famous devs, visible devs, whatever rubbish. I'm just talking of like, I don't know, someone with like 84 followers on Twitter who makes games, who's not any less a part of the community, who's been like wonderful to me from the beginning. Um, and not expecting anything in return. They're just kind for the sake. That's who they are, you know. Um, and then I got to go to GDC and I attended the stalk where um, I can't remember. I think his name was Simon. Um, I can't remember his surname exactly, but it was about, um, and I think he was Finch. Um, making like vignette games, like short, intense emotional experiences. And I thought like, this seems amazing. I'm like emo all the time, you know, since like 2005. This is my shit. Why have I not been doing this? I didn't even know I could do this. Um, and because, yeah, I didn't like learn about that at um, campus or anything. And then when I got back from GDC, I felt really uh, like inspired. And I think it's very different, like reading about, um, I don't know, hmm, this is the, the framework you could follow to make a game. Oh yeah, something online, read through this. It's like so impersonal um, versus actually like sitting in a space. And I was incredibly fortunate to be able to, yeah, hear this man speak and like see his like emotion when he's speaking about the game that he made. I think it was about his ex-girlfriend and I was like, this is what I want to do. So I came back, we got like our projects and everything. And I was like, okay, um, I'm going to make a game about something that I haven't personally seen in video games before. And <clears throat> it was around the time when um, there was a lot of the like hmm, celebrity sexual assault um, things were coming out, you know, when like, people were coming public about it. And also not just like people in the media, but like people that I'd known my whole life, women like old enough to be my mother's age um, and even older were coming out like in my community and not like telling everyone, but they would like tell me 
um, well, I found my family and stuff, and I just felt like, and like as like a woman, I experienced so much of like sexual harassment, sexual assault, like almost every single time that I leave my house, you know. And also as a South African, um, we have one of the highest rates of rape and gender-based violence in the world, and it's like. It's not something that you can ever leave because people are getting assaulted by like people in their family. You know, um, you can be sleeping at night and something can happen to you. I have nightmares about it. So it's like, I felt, and I still feel like I didn't have the space to get away from that because I will always be a woman and I'll always, well, I mean, I, I love South Africa. So I say always <laughs> be a woman in South Africa and, um, it just feels like I'm walking around with like a target on my back. And I wanted to make a game about that because it was all I could think about. And I wanted to kind of highlight how sexual abuse um, and sexual assault, it's not something that happens and <clears throat> that's it. It's like for years you can experience like lasting ramifications from that. And the person in my game develops borderline personality disorder, mental illness as a result of what happened to her. And even in the in the game, it's like years later because this happened to her when she was a child and she's now at university. Um, it, she still has so many um, problems that she's facing that like somebody who doesn't understand borderline personality disorder or how sexual assault can affect people, it might just seem like, why is she behaving like this? You know, um, why is she unable to like form proper relationships with people? Um, but why, why is she treating her boyfriend like this and then she's treating him like that? And like, I just wanted to like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the time, mentally ill people get treated like villains or we like the, like, I don't know, like the front line to something, you know, and it's like, I don't know, all you represented for like just the sake of like, oh, here's the like quirky, manic, pretty dream girl from Mona Flowers. Or like, shut up, I hate that so much. <laughs> and I'm saying that to you as I sit here with Bloom. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just wanted to show like uh, a, a normal person, you know? This is what happened to her. This is her life. And at the same time, I, the way that like I wrote the whole game, um, I don't have like a particular process. We were forced to have a game design document to like have like documentation that we'd be assessed on. So that's why I did have a game design document, um, which kind of helped a bit, but it hasn't personally been something that I've used ever since because um, I find like work in a very kind of streamlined way. Like I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. That does not work for me at all. Um, I'm like in the middle of the game. I'm like thinking of usually in like the way that I make stuff. Um, I'll, I'll like think of something, go back, add that and be like, actually this sucks. I'll take it out. I'll listen to music. I'll be on Tumblr. <laughs> or I'll, I don't know, have conversations with my friends, go out. Um, most of like my work for me happens from like living, not from sitting down behind a computer, like, I don't know, whacking the words out or whatever. Um, and 
I feel like I'm always writing in a way because I'm always thinking of things or like where's my book and then like writing something down and it's it's really horrible. I wish I was one of those people that could do like okay I'm gonna sit down and do this because I have to go through like five different books looking oh shit okay yeah something in the corner I literally can't read what I wrote here oh my notes okay that's in the voice notes like section um but that's how I don't know that's how I feel like that's how I am alive as well it's like a lot of different things and I think also I don't know just like in my in my area it's like this like kind of like a tapestry you know of all these like different things that are like ugly and messy and beautiful and magical and it's like it's difficult but it's the only way that I know how to do things thus far um which also explains why I'm unemployed because I have nothing to show in the portfolio it's like okay can you look through these like six notebooks maybe try and figure it out <laughs> um but I have no documentation for you and yeah, that's the, the way that I wrote things. I also think that like when it comes to writing, I find a lot of like, I don't know, um, aside from like Butterfly Soup, which is one of my favorite games ever. You should play it if you haven't checked it out. Um, a, a lot of the other games that I've come across in writing just felt like this is not how young people speak in real life, you know? Or oh, it sounded like 30 year olds trying to be like, I don't know, like Gen Z. <laughs> Have you yeah. played or have you seen Life is Strange? Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Night in the Woods. <laughs> Oops, I'm projecting. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be cancelled. Um, uh, I have not played Life is Strange. I do know a bit about it. I know the guy has blue hair. <laughs> but you have played Night in the Woods. I have played a bit of it, yes. And your thoughts are the same with that one? <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> next question. I feel like I'm alive, like I'm scratching at my neck. Like, hands <laughs> down. Um, so, no, like, disrespect or offense to the people who, like, worked hard on it or whatever. And also, they're American, you know, so, like, I don't know. Um, it just felt like it, I was, like, the same age as, like, May. I think that's her name, the cat and her friends and I was like I'm, I'm sure there are like people who do act like that but it did kind of feel like it was older people writing it um and I don't think that's always the case we like because I mean it's not like you can get I don't know like a teenager to write a script because they busy with bio and like English at school and all these things um but I think that like, maybe just, I don't know, try speaking to some young people. Yeah, yeah, you, we talk. Um, and yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I just, for me, it's important to try and get like the voice right of the person. Um, and a lot of the time when I do make games, it comes from like personal experiences or something that's happened with my friends and or my sisters or women that I know. And I know these women so well that I, I don't need to like develop a voice for them because I, I know who I'm speaking about, even if it is like in a fictionalized setting. That's interesting because like I like both games, Life is Strange and Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods I like a lot because Good. May has 
uh, I guess similar um, issues to me, I guess. But I, I yeah. really get what you mean. Like, I, I never had those issues as a teenager. They're more when I was a, a bit older. So I think I do. Yeah. I don't think I would have liked Night in the Woods as a teenager. I don't think I would have gotten yeah. it. But like, yeah. as someone who's like 30 playing that game, I was like, man, this is hitting hard. Like it's. Oh my god! I was like bashing 30 year olds. <laughs> really young. That's what I did. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like I, I, I think. It's just a consequence of the, I guess, the perspective, right? Because even Life is Strange, only this new one, the newest one, which has like writers who are like in their early 20s, you can feel it. I think you can actually feel and see it in the vibe. Whereas the older ones, you can, you can, you can tell. I know Robin is like, that's like one of his things, like it's written by 40 year old dudes and it feels like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you mean, yeah. But it's maybe I'll I'll go back and play it when I'm older and see if, if maybe it resonates with me more. Yeah. Something another interesting thing I guess that I is similar to that is um, there's a game I like called Catherine. It's about like yeah. someone my age who's a guy my age who's straight guy my age who is like um, trying to settle down I guess and. Yeah. Um, there are not many games or big games about that topic yeah. and I have not seen any game about that topic from like a woman's perspective um, so like that sounds so interesting yeah so like um, he has very much undersold what Catherine is about <laughs> <laughs> listen I'm trying to simplify it also you lied yeah. you said he's straight but anyway we'll ignore that <laughs> Oh my goodness, okay. I'll take this game out, definitely. Yeah, so like, um, do you find, um, like is it easy for you to find games that you play or you see or hear of that you're like, yeah, that's relatable or that's, you know, especially as a writer, because like, like, I guess you can see under the hood. Maybe, I don't know if I can, hopefully. I just feel like, um, a lot of the games that I I know are not by South Africans or like people of color and like the way that things function in different countries. I mean, I think, I don't know, in like the Western countries, there might be like a shared culture or something, but like, it's different, you know? It's not like we, yeah, in like the global South, we all have like, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the one thing I would say we probably have is that everyone like fights to pay for the meal if you go out with your family <laughs> um but no i i don't think i've played anything besides butterfly soup the game which is actually i think the person that made it is american um asian american i think what she got like like incredibly well um about the whole thing is like um just what it's like to be a teenage girl you know, and like what it's like to be like, like a queer teenage girl, but it's like not a big deal for you. It's just like, whatever, I think everyone's hot. <laughs> and like, shit, there's this line, um, like from my, like one of my favorite characters, Akasha, she says like, oh, like I tell gay jokes because I am a gay joke. And I just feel like any one of my friends could say that, <laughs> you know? 
it didn't feel at all forced and I think that game is maybe like the, the closest I felt aside from like my own walk um to like seeing myself being represented and it's also super nice because they're like all um people of color and like speak about white people as well like oh there's like so I think I don't know maybe I'm messing this up and projecting but I think they like mention that there's like so many white people here now or I don't know why like why are they all moving in that's something I'm making up <laughs> um, but it's just oh I remember sorry something else um one of the girls says that she's gonna dye her hair black and they're like all Asian and another girl says um like we Asian like all our hair is black and it just made me like laugh so much yes 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 you know um i don't know i just i really really liked it it's especially like the topic of hair and as someone who bleaches their hair who has very dark hair it just made me feel like because i always think like god if i didn't have like this thick dark indian hair it would be so easy you know to like bleach hair and do all of these things but Every time I do it, my hair turns into like wire. It feels like like a stick. <laughs> yeah, I want to know like what um, your experience has been like. Say since like um, like how did you get the publishing deal? What what has that been like with the game releasing? What was the reception of I would say the game dev community towards you and the reception of. Um, I guess the, the gaming, local, yeah, the local uh, reception as well. Was, was, did you see any um, difference in, um, yeah, positive or negative in that regard? Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, I love these questions so much. I feel like it's all things like I've always wanted to speak about. Thank you so much for asking me and like, giving me like, a platform to speak about. It's like it really means so much to me. Um, I think that like going through um like my undergrad i didn't really do that well in game design i think i would like i don't know like in the 60s you know in all my other subjects i was doing well um but game design was the subject that kept making me think i was i wasn't as smart as i thought i was you know um and i think that's for me like where imposter syndrome comes in it just feels like like the politics of who I am and like the way that I think isn't something that there's space for. And um, I, when I made After Hours, it just felt like, I don't know, it was something that, and I think that my lecturer wasn't wrong in saying this, like I was advised not to do it and instead do a wine game because um, I hadn't, and I don't think anyone um, thus far well, at the time, did make um, a full motion video game, you know, just using footage and I'm not a programmer, so it was like the thing of like me having to find a programmer to like help with this and everything and I don't know, I just felt like, because they were encouraging me to do it in Prime, because they were like, you are a good writer, you can make this in Prime. But I didn't want to freaking make it in Prime, that's not what I wanted, no disrespect, I love Prime. Um, and when I made it, I don't think to them, but to myself, it's like I could, I can actually do this. And 
even though you know my grades are saying something else i felt like i, I know i can put it off and then i submitted it to amazed festival and it won an award there I, um and that was like insane to me i just i could not believe that happened i was like me this game that's kind of broken and who's not doing well at varsity like what it was like oh my god i'm thinking of it now and smiling so much because it was just so wonderful um and i felt like i like i did it you know it was like the best thing ever for me and i was just so proud of myself um and there's all these other pictures of me um from that night because i'm like smiling like a strange monster because like i can't believe what happened <laughs> and um yeah it was i don't know after that the one of my prizes aside from like this um pink medal with a flamingo on it i'm literally looking at it it's right over there <laughs> i uh, i won like a trip to amaze berlin and that was like what oh my god like boys we're going to europe you know <laughs> and passport um, sorted out everything and i was so scared to like travel alone um for myself like i was yeah just a kid doing this and i got nominated for another game i mean for another award um the humble bundle which is the games like publisher kind of person i guess um they it was yeah i think that's the first time they had it that year and uh It was, yeah, it was best new talent that myself and a few other people were nominated for. And something that I just want to say that like being nominated for this award as well as like the IGF award at GBC, the people that I was nominated alongside and became friends with were so incredible. Like it, and also like <clears throat> Fatori, one of the um, people whose games was also nominated. at Amaze Berlin um he's Brazilian and it was like wonderful for me because we were like hey the third world country yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um i i felt like i mean like it be so nice to win but i thought like it would be like not even a loss to lose to him it's like a win for me you know because it feels like one of your own kind of like and you just feel like so happy and when i won oh my god i feel like crying because you were so happy for me like the whole team and like we saw our friends now you know even though this was like years ago and everything and like he's always been such like a wonderful supporter of my work and like i felt like i won that award for us you know and um yeah after that that's how we got the publishing deal with humble bundle and then we we worked to finish the game then and then with the my i would say that my life back home didn't change that much um i remember like when i got um nominated for the IGF award i was like i don't know having a big head around my house like what 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 I was like told me to do the dishes <laughs> i just thought But like it doesn't matter you know I, i can never get a big head as long as i'm loving you <laughs> my family which is amazing you know they like always humble me and all of like uh yeah then i 
we kind of finished the game, I guess. It's not released aside from on like the, I think the humble shows um, where you can buy it off there. Um, if we have to, I'll get to why I haven't released it as yet. But I did submit like the kind of almost finished version of it to the IGF Awards. And um, I I couldn't afford to pay for the uh, submission. Yes, I emailed them asking if it's possible to get like a fee waiver. And thankfully they were like, okay, if they didn't do that, we would not be having this conversation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then it, it was like oh, a few weeks I think went by and like, I was feeling really nervous because I kept thinking like, I don't know, when I started seeing all the games submitted, I was like, okay, wait, this is like professionals, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, even though the game's like technically finished, but it is broken in some parts, but like, you know what, it's part of the charm. Um, and uh, I just kept thinking, maybe the game is too like unconventional. Maybe I should just like pull it because it's so close to my heart. I feel like if it got rejected, and this is not a good like mindset to have, but I was so tied up into it, um, into the story, um, because a lot of the events are true um, that take place in the game that I felt like a rejection of that would be like a rejection of everything that that myself and the game stood for and that night i was saying on the phone like i was telling my partner i don't i think actually maybe i must pull the game like ask if they can you know like remove it from this whole thing because i don't think like mentally i can take it if we get rejected and later i think maybe <laughs> Like half an hour later and I was still thinking of like how am I gonna type the email? Like how do I say this without sounding like an idiot being like, oh it's gonna make me sad, you know? Um they I saw on Twitter people were like, oh my god, they announced like the IGF um like nominees and I was like, holy shit, okay. So I went onto the website and I'm like scrolling and scrolling and I'm not seeing my game nominated anywhere. And then I saw it like once in like honorable mention in narrative and I was like Oh my god, I guess it isn't the worst, but like we didn't get nominated. And like I reached the end and I'm not seeing anything, right? But then I'm seeing like my Twitter blowing up and people are like, oh my god, you know, congratulations. And I was like, how do I miss congratulating me and being like an honorable mention? And then I went back and it was right at the end that we got nominated for best student game. And I was like, losing my shit it was so exciting for me um and yeah i knew people were gonna win it's like what like i feel like i kept doing this thing that i was like doubting myself like pushing the goalpost away you know like, i don't think i'm gonna get nominated oh i don't think i'm gonna win like just enjoy being nominated that's so exciting um and I didn't even like really write a speech in, in case we like lost because I thought, no, I'm going to disappoint myself. And then I, you can watch the video. I went up on there and started talking complete like crap on stage. I thought we won, you know, we won. And that's like, it makes me so happy and we deserved it. And I'm so proud of us. But the thing that was like super strange, because um, you asked me, did my life change? Um, at home, I think it's just given my family more material to like make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, IGF winner, sorry, you know. But other than that, no, it hasn't. I mean, it's given me a bit more visibility on Twitter, which has led to me getting like 
some like freelance work, which is incredible, you know, and like um, to like things like me being on like someone's podcast and things like that. But um, the night of the IGF Awards was like so weird. It was one of the weirdest nights of my life because everyone we got to go to like this IGF nomination party and there were like all these other things that like I wouldn't have been able to go to otherwise. And people were like, oh my God, so up my ass all of a sudden. And like, bigger, like famous or whatever game developers. And I was like, I literally saw you in the day when you asked me, did it stop my game? You know, and like others, I was like, oh, do you want to play my game? Like when I was um, exhibiting it and they were like, no thanks, which is fine. But then it was a thing of like, oh, hey, Thank God, yeah, you know, um, I don't know, it just felt so weird, like, kind of like, and like, I understand maybe to an extent that like, okay, more um, visibility is on my game, so people know more about it now, but it just felt like super, super strange and uncomfortable, and like, I was extremely overwhelmed by it. Um, I'm not like an introvert at all, but like, I wouldn't call myself an extrovert, I'm just vibing, you know, and then people came and it was like, I don't know, oh my god, that like five minutes of fame was like shocking for me. And I, I remember I got like 400 new followers in like a few hours and I just couldn't keep up with everything. And it, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have, that was like then, that's where my Twitter bio says one it wonder game developer. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was just, I don't know, that night is something that has stuck with me and just like really made me think what do I think is important? Because for me, that's not the like biggest achievement. Um, It's an amazing achievement. And you know, I, I look at my trophy there with my name engraved on it and I blow it a kiss, you know? Um, but like the best thing for me was the way that it was received by like people um, locally, um, because I was like tutoring at my university and I let my students play it. And it was, I don't know, just like the way people responded to it saying that like, and men and women of different ages, different races, um, telling me that they'd actually been sexually assaulted or they know someone who has borderline it has made them like more someone dm'd me and said i couldn't say this to you but like i didn't speak to my sister in years and after playing your game i understand her behavior better and i messaged her and i was like oh my god what me <laughs> big stupid idiot me made something like resulted in such like wonderful positive outcomes um and there was a woman i don't know what was she doing at gdc but you know what good for her she looked like a hundred and something years old right and she came and she played our game and she told me like this really intense story um just like a content warning of child abuse but um she she told me that her father was involved in like a child pedophilia ring and um she was one of the children that he abused and she hasn't spoken about it in years. And after playing my game, she just feels like, like a damn wall broke. And like everything started flooding out. And I, like, even like men who have told me that they'd never told anyone before, you know, that they'd been sexually abused. Um, I was just like, I, I 
can't say glad. I can't say I was glad to have experienced that because I, I'm not glad that it happened to these people at all, you know. And I'm, I'm not glad that like this is a thing that exists, which is why I made this game. Um, but I, I think maybe grateful, more grateful that they had like the opportunity to feel less alone. That was the one thing in common they all said to me. Um, the other thing is that I. This is why I haven't released the game. Um, part of it is that I'm like extremely traumatized from making that game. It took a massive psychological toll on me. Like, and I know that like Tim who programmed the game also experienced a lot of like constantly programming and watching this footage. And it's like, it's triggering and upsetting. And I know that it messed him up as well. Um, but having to like write the story and also because it's a a filmed footage game. I played the person in the game because I, I felt like I, firstly, I wasn't gonna ask like the people I was facing the game off on experience um, because I don't wanna put them through that, you know, to like, if he loves that and um, that kind of thing. And I just felt like I understood what they were speaking about. And like, I have borderline personality disorder and I know how, like, I don't want to have to coach someone on how to act when something upsets you in a certain way. Like, I could just do that. Um, and I did. I mean, when I'm crying in that game, I'm crying because I was like, Claire, the, the cinematographer, I told her, just film everything. Like, don't stop. Um, so it was like actual responses to things. And I feel like I harmed myself, honestly, because I was like, ingesting so many articles and stories um, about uh, South African women that have been sexually assaulted and all of these things that it's just like, aside from like my own loved experience, you know, as like a woman who has experienced sexual assault and that kind of thing, all of this just really messed me up. And I just feel like I don't know what would releasing the game do at this point. Like I'm not, like that well known that I think I'd make like a shutdown of money or something. Um, and the, even if we would make a lot of money, I it's not something that would really sway me into maybe releasing the game because I just feel like the psychological toll, and it's not people's fault that have played the game and like spoken to me about it because I get it. Of course you want to connect with the creator who did it, you know? It's like a, in this, like one of my favorite books, I don't know if you know it, The Catcher in the Rye. Um, the, the guy holding the protagonist, he says like when you finish a really good book, you always wish the author was your friend. So you could phone them up and be like, oh, you know, like let's discuss this. And I feel like I, I have that experience all the time. It's every time I listen to a My Chemical Hellman song, you know, and I, I understand why people want to speak to me about the game and they're not wrong at all. But it takes a lot, like, from you, you know? I, I I don't have, like, the, I think, like, the, I don't know what to call it, the, the thing. The emotional <laughs> space. Yeah, it's like, it's and it's very difficult to recover from because, um, I don't know, I sound like such a wanker when I say this because people are like, oh, I'm an empath and, like, but I do feel like, Oh, I'm a pretty empathetic person, so like I do empathize with people when they speak to me about these things. It's, and I feel like, how can you not if someone is like, 
crying and you're hugging them, trying to comfort them. It's like you understand, you know, what they're going through. And I just don't know how to be able to do that for everyone. I'd also like get, like I leave my DMs open on Twitter because sometimes like even with you DMing me about the podcast, right? Like I get opportunities through that. But then sometimes, um, and I also get super, super nice messages from people about my games or whatever. But other times, like one time, in a content warning for this on Swerside, I had a guy contact me saying, he knows that I understand what he's going through because of my game. And he was from South Africa, which, and like I started freaking out because he told me that he was gonna kill himself. And like, and he speak to me about all of these things because he knows that I understand. And I was like, I'm not a psychologist. I, I don't know how to help you. Like I was googling all these like suicide hotlines for him to phone and be able to speak to a professional. And like, I got this message at like 10 o'clock at night and like, I even like started phoning my friends freaking out because I was like, I feel like I'm dealing with something very fragile. And if I, I don't know, I've, I have literally no training to deal with this, you know? Um, and it's just not something that I should have to go through. Um, and yeah, it's just really difficult for me knowing who will, like in whose hands will this game fall into once it becomes everyone's property. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I've never really thought about that perspective before. Um, that's... <laughs> And that's something I never actually thought about, I guess. Um, that is... In a way though... Maybe this will make me sound cold. I feel like it's not fully your responsibility, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It, it, it's the work speaking for itself, I guess. And people are coming into it with their own um, experiences and biases and yeah. extracting from the piece of media what they are extracting but in that same way as how they can be like i guess neutral reactions to it there can be many positive ones and obviously some negative ones as well but i think the most important thing for me uh, i'd say is i guess focus mostly on the positive ones um i'll give an example of like a game that i really like hellblade sin or sacrifice um i had read and watched many movies about like you know mental health mental illnesses and stuff like that like i knew of it you know like i wasn't ignorant i knew of it i just don't think i yeah. ever empathized or understood fully you know yeah and then after i played that game because like she's uh, schizophrenic which is like one yeah. of the more intense mental illnesses i was like i mean i don't fully get it but like i i got it you know what i mean I'm, like yeah. I get it, you know, I get it. And and it yeah. opened me up to accepting or understanding more of that stuff. And it's yeah. what it's what led me to like I guess get help for myself as well, you know. That's so amazing. so it's there's like a, a lot of I, I don't think I would have gotten help if I had ne never played that game. You know what I mean? Like it sounds like a Oh, how can a game make you do that? But it's it's true. It really is true. No, like I would have never, sure. I would have never thought. 
because the character senior she's like normal like she's a she's just a person you know what i mean um and obviously everyone who is schizophrenic was normal beforehand but because i had never really empathize really fully you know like i never got it and i it's something clicked i was like i get it now so i i, yeah. I do think experiences like that are very important and i think games are one of the yeah. few ones that can put you in their shoes you know what i mean exactly. like i'm yeah. not a woman you know i'm not schizophrenic but like i i felt the experience because i was interacting with it yeah and stuff like that so and i think i mean i haven't played the um senior sacrifice i do know about it and i would like to play it um but I think that like, at least, in, so I don't know much about the gameplay, but I know for like after hours, um, with like the way that I made the like mechanics in the game is that there were a lot of like choices that, or things that were presented as choices, but you couldn't actually interact with those choices. It was like, this is what I want to do and I'm picking on it, but it won't let me. And it's like, in your head sometimes you want to like apologize you know and you or you want to be honest about something but you can't like you literally can't open your mouth and start speaking and then other times um you think you have options but then when you click on everything it's all the same thing you've so really there's only one thing left for you to do and that thing is often um uh, self-harm behavior in like different ways or whatever so i feel like you're saying you know with like games actually putting you in the person's shoes i think it's like incredible how by the way that we like design the game you know we sort of tries to mimic the actual experiences that we do have in like these different mental illnesses yep yep just to add on to that again like there's a mechanic in senior sacrifice well, multiple mechanics but like she sees patterns in just in nature and you can see as a player you like you know when you enter a level like that's the door that's the exit you just walk walk forward and you get the exit but then she's like seeing a barrier there so as a player you can't exit the barrier but until she solves this puzzle of stuff she can see in the in the environment so it's like it, it kind of makes you understand it's like oh when you do meet someone who has say delusions like yeah. someone who's like I can't I can't go through the door until I put this book here and put that there beforehand it's like why are they doing yeah. that they're being weird but then afterwards you're like you get it because like until they do this sets of st things then the option of them going through that door opens up and you're like I don't know it just puts two and two together you know it was That's wonderful like actually putting you in that in her shoes as good as you can get I guess. yeah yeah, um, I guess <laughs> I'm gonna try to uh, lighten it up since we're getting towards the. <laughs> Sorry, it's a special skill I have to, you know, wood. <laughs> um, uh, what like uh, what have you worked on since then, or what have you played since then that you um, have enjoyed, etc. Um. So after I made After Hours, I um, kind of didn't <clears throat> really do anything for a while. It was, I think I was just like burnt out. And I just like felt like I had nothing 
in me after that. Um, and it took literally like years to be able to like, okay, maybe I could do this or whatever. But um, the, the next thing that I, that I can remember making um, was the, in the South African game jam. Should have been that. No, last year was something else. Um, one of the years in my life, right? Um, <clears throat> I made a, a game for the South African game jam. And the game that I made, um, it's like, I was thinking about it, but it's like I mentioned previously, I can't like sit down and do it. It comes when it comes. I am a slave to myself. <laughs> and um, yeah, then I didn't do anything. And the, the jam was ending, I think, in three hours. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> okay, okay, let's see what's going to happen. And then I made a game about a teenage girl who is kind of like insecure about her body. Right, and she like at school. She's like growing up, so she's in high school, and she has like these boys who like call her names. They're like, okay, young man, you're like so flat-chested, and like they say stuff like that. Um, but it's it's you don't like know that in the beginning. In the beginning, like the game asks you, like it explains what a cam girl is. I'm not sure if you're familiar with like cam girls and like. Uh, like sex scam sites uh, so it's, or like even sometimes like Omegle you know where like people like meet each other strangers online and a lot of the time that does lead to like um, a sexual encounter right but basically it's about this girl and we kind of get the impression that her mother is there but not there like she can't really speak to her um, and this girl has like several things going on um, <clears throat> But she like, she lies and she's like, oh, I'm 19 and I'm American and blah, 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 blah. So she can go onto the site when she's like a young 16 and South African and, you know, and she constantly goes on these websites so she can get male validation because these guys are like masturbating to her and all of that. And um, she feels, every time she does it, she feels like, worse you know than she felt before um and then she she like meets girls on there as well and she says that like it's so strange how when she meets girls who have like similar body shape uh, similar body shape to her you know that she thinks they look beautiful um but and it feels like kind of safer in a way um but she's not like understanding uh, like the male case and all of those things as yet because she's 16 um, and she has not, you know, done a lot of critical theory in her life. <laughs> you can't like understand all of that at 16, but for her, she doesn't. Um, but I think as like an adult playing the game, you you see like exactly what's happening. Um, and she, she thinks like she calls herself like a whore and she's like, I've never kissed a boy before, but like I've shown like all these old men, like my body and like, it's just a lot about grappling with like being sexualized as a teenage girl. Like she doesn't want to feel like men acting her in a sexy way, but she wants them to at the same time, because in our society that like, even 
regardless of whether you're attracted to men or not, it's like the idea is pushed on you as a woman that like, you know, um, male validation has some sort of like currency. If men find you attractive, then, you know, I don't know, you, you're good and you like all of these things and you're cool. And um, yeah, so that was a game that I'm like extremely proud of making. Um, aside from the fact that I made it in three hours and my hands almost fell off when I was done with it. Um, it was just, I don't know. Um, oh, actually I did make another game as well. Um, old blood under the bridge about a, a girl living in like a post apartheid South Africa and um, she they like colored people as well and um, her mother is very like whitewashed in her mind by growing up during that time and because her daughter is fair it's like the thing that makes them proud of her you know because like in and like my community, colorism is a major thing, you know. I'm fair-skinned and it's like my experiences are very different a lot of the time. To, like my sister, for instance, and because we mix race, we like different skin colors, you know, we all we look different. Um, and uh, yeah, just people like say weird things They're like, oh, I'm really like, what? You have the same parents, huh? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah um it's just about that and i think i just started like i made those games not in a university capacity and like i love telling stories about like where i come from and i think especially about like teenage girls and being a young woman i mean it's my experience at the moment you know of, like being a young woman um but i i think a lot of the insecurities and feelings you develop as a teenage girl it kind of stays with you in a way, even like your interests, you know. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I always feel like women have this, regardless of how old they are, this girlishness to them. And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm like in love with that. Even like just seeing women having the washing, I'm like gorgeous. The impact that has, the clearance that has, you know, the, the, global ramifications it has. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah, that, they sound cool. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm like, damn, I want to, I want to play that. <laughs> you can check them out on my itch.io um, page. I for sure, for sure will. For sure will. Um, are there any games that you've played that like the writing stuck out to you and you're like, that's, that's cool. Um, aside from Butterfly Soup, which is the game, I keep mentioning, I think I played, what is this game called? I think it might have been called Gay Monster Kiss Club, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and what I really liked is the fact that like Hannah Montana is mentioned in there and even my chemical romance and like the the characters just feel like very realistic, you know? So, and I think I might have played like a demo version of it. So maybe it's like further in, um, further developed now, but I found that really like, and was like quite funny, you know? Um, and I love it also when people are like, kind of like bitchy in games. Cause I feel like, especially for minorities, um, there's like this, 
whole thing of where we need to convince, I don't know, like the people that marginalize us. You know what? Look, I'm actually a good person. I'm not a criminal. I'm not a terrorist. Like, look at me go. And I love it when like, even though they like all monsters in this game, but still like they are like queer and like marginalized and that sort of thing, I guess in like, uh, like global society space. Um, it's just like, I like the fact that I don't know, one of the characters is a bit like bitchy and I just love that so much. Cause I'm like, yes, you don't have to be like chicken sunshine and roses all the time. Um, good for you. Go. I, turn into a villain <laughs> um yeah so i played that and i also played a game um i think we <laughs> you play as like two pieces of meat <laughs> if i can remember correctly um i think or you play as someone who falls in love with a piece of meat a meat man um i like playing like very <laughs> short strange free games on itch.io because it's like it's so like funny and it, it makes me laugh because i'm like how did someone think of this you know um i think i don't maybe have the like i hate looking at a screen for a very long time so i can't play games it's very long um like it, yeah if it's if it's like five minutes you know it's golden for me wow Every award is yours. Um, oh, another game that I did actually play that was quite long. I think it was like six hours. I must have played it over the course of like a month. Um, was Fran Bow. Have you played that game? You should definitely check it out. It's about this 10-year-old girl that um, they kind of like accuse her of like knowing more than she lets on because her parents get murdered that night. And it's kind of like a harder game. Um, but I think it's really like incredible, just like the way the art style, the way that it's written, everything. It's also about mental illness. Um, and it's just like, I really like the way that I felt towards the character. Like sometimes you're not sure how much you like her. And I think that's so nice because that feels very like realistic for me. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, well, I guess that that's those are all the questions that I had for you. Um, it's been super, super awesome uh, to have you on. Uh, very, very thankful. Um, it was, yeah, very insightful, super fun. I hope we can do this yeah. sometime in the future as well. Definitely. Thank you so much for asking me. I had such a nice time, even with the painful things. It was like, so nice to have you as like a host and have a conversation with you and learn more about like how things function in Zambia as well. Like when you were speaking of like it not being so much a race thing but a class thing. Yeah, that was like really interesting to learn about. So thank you. Thanks so much. Um, where can people find you or where can they play your games and stuff? Maybe you can. Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, um, my handle is Taking Bahia, but there's no chi. So, um, B-R-E-A-K-I-N-B-A-H-I-Y-Y-A and then um, I have my itch um, profile linked in my bio but otherwise you can just search for Yaka and it will come up. Um, it will say Codeine Queen is like the first hit which is like my 
not my Twitter handle, that other name that comes with. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's it. Nowhere else can I be found. Not in the real world. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Once again, thanks for doing this, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone.